This week, I have an amazing guest on. Che Dorena is on the podcast. He's been to Just for Laughs. He tours the country doing stand-up. He has 2 million followers on TikTok. So make sure to go and follow his comedy videos on there, as well as obviously all of his other social media. Um, I had Che on this week because I just think that utilizing social media is such a helpful tool, whether you're in entertainment or, you know, creating videos for a startup business or like you're opening your own little vintage shop. You've got like an online thing going on. It's like, I think that we live in a day and age where pretty much everybody has a side hustle going on. I think for the most part, if you don't, no shade, you know what I mean? Who cares? But if you do, um, this is a really helpful episode for you because Che talks in great detail about how to curate videos on TikTok, how to, um, you know, curate content in a way that will give you exposure. And uh, I think that's just such an an amazing tool. And uh, I'm so grateful to know someone who is so willing to give up their knowledge like that so publicly. So Um, If you want to know some more information about that, keep listening. We also talk about how to make the perfect dating profile. So there's something in it for everyone. I feel like most people that listen to this podcast are like single women. So I feel like there's a, I I hope that I'm hitting the mark on what people want to listen to every episode. But also if you're a straight man, there's no straight men that listen to this podcast. Like I talk about astrology way too much. So Anyway, um, if you're interested in those two topics, keep listening. I'm not sure why I gave away the whole episode in like one description, but um, anyway, I think I'm just going to stop talking and play the episode, but thanks again for listening and um, hope you enjoy. Um, I'm good. I've been pretty busy. I worked the entire pandemic. No way. Stopped. I actually got a new job. Yeah. No way. Um, I, cause I was working for that YouTube uh, place. I was working for most amazing top 10, making like the top 10 lists and doing the YouTube shit. Um, and, uh, herb, uh, who I've worked with like on and off for years. So they like, yeah. they do all the cannabis content. Yeah. They brought me on as a content creator, uh, like maybe a month ago. So I quit my other job and started working with them. No way. How do you get signed on board as yeah. a content creator? Like, um, I guess they, they, they saw like they're trying to expand what they're making. They're hiring more people. They're trying to grow as a company. Yeah. And they, um, they saw like my growth on my social media. They're like, hey, like you clearly know what you're doing. Do you want to come on board? I've never done anything like this before. And I feel like lost doing it. But at the same time, I'm pitching stuff and we're making things and they're doing well. So I'm like, I guess I know what I'm doing, but I'm like, I don't know. I didn't, this wasn't a job five years ago, right? Right. That is so wild. Okay. So what does the job entail? Like, what are you doing specifically? So basically I just drum up different ideas for content. So I'll make like memes, reels, TikToks, uh, different stuff like that. Um, Think of like, temple content so like something we could do that serialized uh different things that we could do like brand integration on um because that's like where a lot of the digital market is right now like 
a lot of engagement. If you post something now that is like, uh, I don't know, really produced, sometimes it does really well. But a lot of the stuff that's blowing up on social media are like little dinky phone videos, um, which is like an art form in itself, understanding how to create that type of content. Uh, and so I'm like navigating that world and understanding how to do things like take that content and work in brands without it being obviously an ad. So they're basically like, here's an ad. Let's make it not look like an ad. Let's just make it look like it was shot with a home video. Yeah. And it's like, how do you do that? And if you look through um, TikTok, like if you go on TikTok and you look up hashtag ad on the search, you'll see a bunch of stuff and some stuff does really well. And some stuff you're like, this was a really good ad. Like it was entertaining. Like I would watch this again. It was just a good video that had decent brand integration. I barely noticed that the brand was involved. And when you see people do it well, it's like, oh, it's very impressive. And I catch myself watching ads on other people's content now to be like, oh, that was a good ad. That was a really good ad. No fucking way. That's yeah. crazy. Okay, so I have to do that. I'm going to go on TikTok. It's mostly TikTok or Instagram. Um, TikTok is kind of like Instagram's mimicking TikTok right now, but you'll find con- content like that on both platforms. I think TikTok is easier to find just because of the search optimization yeah. and because like the content shoved into TikTok um, in video format is just way higher than Instagram. So you're going to have more stuff to uh, to dig through. Uh, and I think it's sorted better as well. Like if you go on TikTok, you go on the search, you can literally type in like hashtag ad. It'll give you everything that's hashtag ad by like, um, uh, by based on your search and time period, like of all time. And you can change it to like most liked and be like yesterday, last week, last month. And like, you can go all time. Like what's the all time, uh, liked post that has hashtag ad in it. And then you can just start digging through the content to see how it was made. So what is something that when you're putting together an ad, you're like, okay, this is going to get views for sure. Like what's, is it a formula or like, what is your thought process when you're doing that? I'm still learning it. I'm still like learning how to do it well, but from watching other people, it's like, don't open with the ad, Uh, open with whatever the uh, video is supposed to be like the The idea is basically like come up with a good idea for a video and then figure out how to do brand integration into it. Like, don't think I have an ad. I got to make a video for this ad. It's that's the reverse way of doing it. So like um, there's this one guy who had this ad for this thing called Gwath app. It's uh, some or Gwath math app. And it's like this math assistant thing. You literally can like take a picture of a math problem, send it to someone. And then they, uh, a person will like an actual human will tell you how to get through this problem. And he did a sketch, which is like kind of a, a, a hacky joke, but it was like middle child, uh, oldest, youngest. And the parents were throwing out math problems. The middle child gets a hard one and he gets it wrong. And they're like, oh, you're dead to us. The youngest one can't do it at all. And he's getting easy questions. And they're like, it's okay, try again. Which is like, that's a, 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 a joke as old as time. Like the oldest gets it the hardest, the youngest gets it the easiest. And then the middle child was like sitting outside trying to give hints to the youngest. So it's like the middle child's forgotten. Like those are old tropes, but he worked it into a sketch. And then every now and again would cut to the phone and show these like math problems on the phone getting uh, dealt with. And it was like so subtly put in there with a relatable sketch that was probably going to have legs with or without the app. That's fucking crazy. And the the most, the craziest part about that to me is like learning about the human psyche and uh, really trying to like get into people's heads in a way that's like subtle, but it's there. And that's really fucking scary. 
is it's, there like it's like yeah. just it's like modern advertisement and how it's growing. And like, I didn't go to school for marketing or anything like this. Like I'm learning this as I go, just from watching content, seeing what works and then just repurposing it. I don't know any of the psychology or anything behind this. Um, I think this is better than older ads and ads have to get like, I don't know, integrated, integrated creatively rather than, previous like you would see ads before and they were kind of just attack on your insecurities it was constantly what they do you see like a, a commercial for a truck and it's like basically like you'll be a man if you get this truck is yeah. what they're selling it to you and that i don't think works as much anymore you because people can see through that yeah interesting so <laughs> wow that's wild so do you feel like i mean I think it's probably different depending on what the ad is about, but do you feel like in a way you're kind of just like tricking people into just consumerism? Um, not really. It's one aspect of my job is oh, yeah. like okay. I do content creation in all sorts of different areas. Just brand integration is something new that I'm learning that I'm doing on like my personal stuff as well. Yeah. And I think it's the most interesting and the hardest. Yeah. Um, I don't think, uh, you're, I'm tricking anyone into, into purchasing anything. Um, one thing about like showing ads to people now is like most people are going to get things that is that are going to apply to them. So like if I, like I did uh, an ad for that Guath math app on my personal account and it's like hashtag math, it's like, it's going, that's going to get fed to people who are going to need a service like this. But at the same time, it's, you can see the brand integration and you can see that it's hashtag ad. You can see that it's sponsored. And if you want that product, it's like, it's there for you to get. You still have to make the decision to consume. Right, right. That is so interesting. Wow. And it's also really interesting to me that I, I feel like I have a younger brother who was in school for marketing and business. And it's just like, it's like you don't need school anymore. Like literally to get a job done. Like you literally don't. I mean, like some you do, some that are very specific, but I feel like that's true for the most part. I mean, especially things like that and probably coming into it as a comedian, you already have the upper hand because like you know the tricks of communi communication and getting into people's psyche for lack of a better word. Yeah. I think the, I don't know, like I've never, I've never been a fan of school at all. Um, the, like I didn't do well when I was in school. I did like two semesters of college and then left. Um, and I have no interest in ever going back to school. And also like is school just seems like a racket too. It's like yeah. you pay thousands and thousands of dollars. You get debt for the next like 20 years to get a degree that sometimes isn't useful. And they never tell you if it's going to be useful or not. And even just things like any, anything in art, any art school, I'm like, this is a sham and they're robbing you. No, yeah, like you sure. can learn all of this stuff off. You can learn all off of YouTube videos. You can learn every, like all these techniques, all these skills. And the people who are normally teaching it to you are people who couldn't, didn't have the skills to make it. We see it in comedy. Yeah. Like the people teaching comedy aren't the one who are like, man, I wish I was as funny as that guy. It's like, <laughs> I, you couldn't pay me to watch this fucking yeah. comedy. Yeah, that's so funny. I literally went to Humber for comedy and I only went because my parents were like, you can't just drop out of high school and not ha uh, go to school. They're like, you have to go to school for something. So they're like, you have to waste your money either one way or another. So I just picked the least expensive option. <laughs> but- uh, And I think it's just our- 
our parents have a different mentality towards it, right? Like they, school was, I think, a lot more substantial, a lot cheaper. It mm. had, there was better things to get out of it. And now it's like, you go to school, you get debt, you then get a job at like a restaurant and you can never afford to own a home. It's like, that's, that's the, well, yeah. the landscape. I mean, you can't, I mean, it's been calculated. Like you just, you literally can't live off minimum wage. Like you can't afford anything on minimum wage. You have to have like several minimum wage jobs. That's uh, that's exactly what it is. But um, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think in terms of getting a job with uh, without school, if you can do it 100%, like you said, there's some things that just make sense. Like if you're becoming an engineer or something or a surgeon, yeah, you probably have to go to school for that. Uh, but there's so many things you can do without a degree that you can just show uh, results from. Like if I create content, and it gets views, then it's like, I don't need to go to school for this. And also something like, there's certain things that I just think would be stupid for school. Like anything that's like media creation, it's like the market moves so quickly. It's like what they would be teaching you would be old unless they're like up to date with it. Like most of the stuff that I like come up with to create, it's like, I'm checking different platforms daily to see what new trends are, what new sounds are, what new um, viral videos are going to like, try and create some sort of content out of it if you i don't know if you're teaching a course over the if you're teaching like a a two-year or four-year even a a single-year course to try and show people how to make content by the time they get to the class your program you have made is going to be old yeah do you think that um everybody is going to kind of move into this content creator i mean like you're definitely seeing a lot of people that are uh, going like a more entrepreneurial route. Like there's people that, you know, didn't go to school, but have an OnlyFans and are millionaires and are making YouTube videos and are millionaires, making TikTok videos and are millionaires. So do you think it's kind of just like, there's going to be, well, I mean, I think there already is, but do you think there's going to be more bulk of just like, at some point, everybody is going to have at least tried doing something on social media? Oh, I think uh, the people who have tried, absolutely. Like uh, my uh, my Twitch channel doesn't get a lot of traction. Like it gets, uh, we get like an average viewer of like 40 to 50 people watching us and of like our consistent uh, viewers. And that's not a, a huge number of people, but we're in the top like zero point or 0.04% or 0.6% or something. Like wow. there's so many people creating content that gets no views. I think if you get like, five viewers, you're in the top 1% or something like it's, that's how many people are putting content out there. And that's also the reason why you've seen this shift into like cheaper, raw content, because um, the majority of people, it's the same, you saw the same shift in standup, like standup now compared to 20 years ago, it's very different because an audience understands like how a set gets put together, how jokes are structured, like that it's all an act that you could develop an act over years and then present it and then start from scratch. And like, they know the bells and whistles that go into it. So you, the tricks don't work and they don't want to be tricked. They want to be included in the experience. And so the majority of people, especially like Gen Z and the younger group, they've been on YouTube forever. They've seen like cheap YouTubers grow and like what their setups were before. They've tried making content on their own. They understand editing to some level. So that's why so much of the glitz has been stripped away because it's like, there's no need for this show. We just want the content. Is the content good? Lights, camera, action doesn't make the content good. There's so much overlap too between like 
um, like you said, like stand up and having to do the actual thing, like people definitely are leaning more towards and like, thank God, because I don't like who watches cable TV anymore. Like literally nobody watches cable. So like to go to school for TV is just irrelevant now. Like even with stand up and filming, like taping a, a stand up special, even, even though that doesn't uh, happen in Canada, but like, let's say it did. It's all about like the new streaming platforms, like in a weird way, you would almost get more traction posting a stand-up clip onto TikTok than posting an entire stand-up special to like Crave or HBO or something like that. And like the content might uh, shift to that. There's that, what's that uh, comedian's name? The Indian guy, I can't remember his name. He's doing the 10 minutes like he does a different he's releasing a different 10 minute set for 10 months every month um and i can't remember what his name is he was just on uh i can't remember that a good one um but that's like what he's doing for his content right now while COVID's happening so any of each set is themed he did one on like religion there's like another one he's gonna do on marriage like general topics people can relate to and then doing his take on it in these short 10 minute bites i think the way we release content will change over time like what does that mean for like building a set and selling it is that like gonna be a dead form of media i don't know um and i think as long as you're producing stuff that you like and you're not worried about the old structure. You're not trying to force the old structure and you go with the groove. And it's like, I started making TikToks just out of like a friend was having success. And I was like, I want to figure out this platform. Now I enjoy doing it. And you just keep taking the hands that are dealt with to you and, in, uh, and go with the groove. You don't have to worry about it. Um, and to answer your question about people creating content instead of going to school, part of it is like, what is the, like, what's the point of like getting a, traditional job if like some people are going to do it and some people are going to successful at it and some people are going to have security in it but so much of the benefits that our parents had are stripped away it's like how many jobs do you get now that have a pension how many jobs do you get now that have uh that have like benefits that you even know are going to be secure that are these old companies that have been around for a long time that aren't going to fire you within 10 years because the stock market crashed like there's there's not the same security in the old lifestyle. And now to be entrepreneurial is almost safer. Like I work in entertainment and I've been had a job the entire pandemic. And that's bonkers. That's insane. I work for a YouTube channel and now a cannabis media company. And I've been employed the entire time. Yeah. So when you are creating, because I know that you're TikTok and I want to talk to you about this. How do you go from, cause I feel like there's so, there's so much shame around like comedians going on social media and like posting TikToks or like Instagram and posting a reel. But I posted a joke and it got like 7,000 views. I got a bunch of new followers, but it's like, why is there particularly in Canadian standup so much shame around utilizing social media to help our career? Like ultimately, like why do we have so much shame around it? There's, it's, I think it's the, uh, a little bit of what we discussed before. It's people being afraid to turn with the times. It's like, if you are someone who relies on things like that, and you're seeing this new wave of, of whatever coming to take your lunch, you're going to be like, oh, why are you doing that? You're going to be defensive against it instead of accepting that this is, this is the new way. Um, and in terms of like, I don't know, uh, 
not letting it get to you or, or just doing whatever you want to do. You just have to do it. If you have faith in the content you're creating, it's like, just create stuff and push it out. And who cares? It's like, yeah. what are people not going to book you? It's like, no, bookers are still going to book you. It's like, what are other comics are going to be like, oh, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? If anyone like looked at the content I made or looked at anything I'm doing and was like, oh, this is stupid. This is dumb. I'd be like, bro, what do you got? Like, I'm making money off of this. And yeah. I've been able to grow it to a point where it's like, it's serious income. And it's, uh, I, yeah, I, you can't, you can't let the crowd around you fault you, especially when you see where the, where everything's going. You, we saw a few, few years ago, like YouTubers uh, getting headlining spots at, um, at uh, just for laughs. And that went away because I don't think it was a good decision on just for laughs part when you're compared are two very different worlds of like YouTube and live performance, but there's clearly this strong force of, of, social media and online media that's coming in and to not jump onto it in some form, especially when you're like inspired to create content on there, it seems kind of ridiculous. It's no different than like a stand-up person doing sketch and improv as well. It's like, if you want to do these other forms of media and you, and you have ideas for them, make it, man. Cause it's like, it, it's fun at the end of the day. And you can be more of a creative than just a standup. There's so many other things to explore. Got you. So that's so interesting. I mean, I love that, but there's still this like little voice in my head. That's just like, it's not necessary. Like putting out like ultimately, okay. Like let's say comedian, you want a Netflix special. So it's like, how is posting this video going to get me a special on Netflix? Like, how do you go from point A to like point D like that? But it's like, I think it's kind of obvious that it's like, well, there's nobody's guaranteeing that you're going to get a Netflix special. And, you know, you don't know how many people are going to see this. So what if, you know, the right person sees this and, you know, they're not going to fucking give you a Netflix special based on one 30 second video but it can definitely get you some sort of exposure. And it, basing anything on like the Canadian Canadian landscape of like growth yeah. is just wrong. Like it, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. we just don't have it together here. Um, like I've had several different people reach out to me from the States for, to represent me. Zero from Canada. Yeah. Zero. I'm in Canada. I am growing. Like I, what do you want to use me for? I'm here. Use me for something. Nobody's paying attention. No one's looking. It's like, what can we take and cultivate into something to help grow our media presence here? No one's looking at that. And that's why everyone leaves. Um, but yeah, the, the, I don't know that fear or judgment that comes around these things. It's like, I don't know. I'll look at who's saying it when people say that kind of stuff to you. Always. That's like always my takeaway when someone it's like Kanye West thing. He's like, I don't take advice from people less successful than me. And that's a, like a shitty thing to say. And like this comic might be your friend and you might be like, but what the fuck have you done? So it's like, why the fuck would I listen to you? <laughs> yes. Uh, okay. I haven't heard about that from Kanye West, but I'm so inspired by that. Done. Perfect. Uh, yeah. Um, so you've done shit. You've done shit. I've done stuff. And it's like, for yeah. if, if any, if anyone fucking told you like, Oh, why are you making that? You'd be like, what the fuck? You'd be like, I opened for fucking Jerry D. I'm out doing this shit. I'm touring. I'm booked. I'm signed. I'm like, like, what the fuck do you want? Be like, eat my ass. <laughs> eat my ass. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Um, so, okay. So how did, what are your TikTok? Because I have seen them before. They're very funny, but just for people listening, do you want to describe how you get inspired to make your TikToks and like, what is your approach? Cause they seem so casual. Like I'm like, there is no, you don't use like a ring light. There's usually, right. It's usually just like you kind of chilling. And there's something that's so authentic yeah. about that, that I think sometimes people go overboard with like the airbrush and the, this and the production. So. I, um, when I started making the content, I was already like pretty swamped. I'm my, I, I constantly am spinning too many plates. I constantly, have, I don't, not very good at saying no to things. So I was like, if I'm going to take this on as extra things to do every day, I knew that it was an everyday task. I did research to understand like what the algorithm is to like understand how many uh, videos I should be putting out a day. Like I put the time in to be good at it. And I was like, okay, it's going to be like six videos a day. I want to be able to get this done in an hour or less. And uh, what is something that I can allow me to do that? So I talked to some people that I knew who put out content on the platform and they were like mirror rants, stitches, duets. Those are just like you talking to camera. And I was like, this is already what I do. Like at my YouTube job, I had like a video. One of the channels was a video reaction channel that I was on. And I was like, this is already what I'm doing there. I can just do the same style and go even raunchier because I'm not worrying about um, a boss or anything. I can do whatever I want. I don't want to get, I don't want to ever overproduce it. I don't ever like do my hair. I don't want ever to get like nice and done up. I don't want to be like good angles, good lighting, because once you lay the foundation for that, that's what people expect from you every single time. So if I come out the gate being like, uh, this is it, this is, it's me. I'm yelling at you. And that's the content. If you like it, stay. If not, I don't give a fuck then that's what the people hooked onto. And that's what I can continue to give them. So, but what specifically about that did you think people were going to engage with? Um, well, yeah, the content is just me like ranting me, right? I'll just like stitch a video, which is like where it shows a short bit of a video. And then I'll, I'll say like my piece on it and usually like keep it pretty brief and just, it's just jokes. I'm just like cranking out jokes. And there was like a few things that I've done that I did on my uh, Instagram stories. I would answer questions on my Instagram stories every now and again. And people really liked when they would ask me a question and I would go into like deep detail about it. And that's just how my brain works. I'll think about something really stupid. Like one that went viral on TikTok was, would you rather, if you had to fight waves of fifth graders, how many waves could you make it through? And I just broke it down like, okay, well, what are the waves? Is it one more each round? I'm, we're fighting. Where are we fighting? We're on a playground. Like uh, and they would come like this. I would use these kind of weapons. I would get angles here to try and fight the kids. And that's just how I think normally when I'm presented with stupid things that don't matter at all. Um, and I just would say it. I didn't think it would do well, but people attached to that. But in terms of like people like the finding an audience for just sort of that, like, I don't know, I don't want to call it raw, but just like whatever the content, like something that's genuinely me or and my sense of humor. I think that's important to any creative process because like the more you are yourself and the more authentic you are yourself, the like more you're connecting to what the product is. Like I have spent my whole comedy career finding out what my sense of humor is. And it's like, peeling that back and then you find out what your sense of humor is and then it's like how do I translate that to an audience and then that's a whole process and then doing that over and over until you until that's streamlined and that takes all like I'm still in the process of translating my sense of humor which is constantly changing to an audience but if you go the opposite route and you try to appeal to an audience 
rather than being honest, then you start to become generic. You start to do like hacky jokes. You start to do things that you think people would like rather than yourself. And not only is that bad content, but it's so easily replaced because everyone can touch into what's hacky because it's been done and you're not doing anything authentic and you're not going to come up with any authentic ideas. So it's like, I think it's a dangerous movie if you're going to make a career as an entertainer. Some people will get pushed to the top as the generic person, but the majority of the people below that are just going to get washed away. Right, right. Hmm. Isn't that so interesting? So how long did it take you? Because I'm under the impression that this is really difficult. Like I'd be like, okay, I could sit here and come up with maybe some sort of like joke to put on TikTok. That's not like just a stand-up clip, but like actually doing something that's like personal and like, you know, trying to like actually reach an audience with just me. How long did it take you to start making money off that? Because I'm like, well, I could use it time for that, or I could actually put together material for a stand-up set that in my mind would be more valuable in that time. Well, the two are mutually exclusive. Like mm -hmm. I'm not creating content for TikTok and then not writing jokes. The jokes I write are completely different structure. And when I come up with jokes, I try to specifically not use them in TikToks. There or there has been moments of crossover where I was like, oh, this just works really well. Um, but I'm not, I'm not worried about that. In terms of how long it took me to make money off of this, I think I started posting seriously in December. And I got my first ad deal like a couple, maybe like, no, not a couple, maybe like two weeks ago or a month ago. So like seven months or so. And, uh, but before that it was like, I've gotten opportunities for auditions. I've got this job at herb now because of the content I've created. And so there has been several opportunities that have come through that have paid. Um, but I would, yeah, I wouldn't worry about it taking away from what your actual craft is. Just be conscious of that. Be conscious of like what I'm creating here could be repurposed onto into a joke, but I do want the two platforms to be very different. And I treat my content that I make on TikTok differently. The way I, I couldn't say what I say on TikTok on stage and get a, a, the response I get on the platform. Got you. Yeah, 100%. That's so interesting. But also, I mean, I think that, I think it's kind of, you know, that, okay, yeah, stand-up is one thing and then learning how to do TikTok is another thing or learning how to make viral videos is another thing. When you get approached by an ad, how do they, do they approach you? Do you approach them or like what happened? So TikTok just has a really good functionality where um, like whatever type of company can reach out to you directly through the app. So they can ask you for like, hey, do you want to do a campaign? And just, you can set it up through the app, which is great. Um, not all apps have that functionality. On Instagram, sometimes I have companies reach out to me directly. Uh, I now have a brand person who deals with all this stuff. So when people do reach out, I just forward them over to my brand person who sets up the deal and like does all the backend stuff for me. Um, but that's pretty much how that works. That's crazy. To think that you would need like a brand, per like that's a real thing. That is like a thing that a lot of people have. That's oh, yeah. my mind. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like, uh, yeah, all the stuff that is going to be branded and posted, like I don't, it, it pays 
to have someone like that, obviously they're going to be working off of like commission and every time they get you a deal, they're going to take a cut, which is money out of your pocket. But at the same time, it's like, how much time am I saving? And also they're probably getting me more money because they're going to know how to negotiate this properly. Yeah. It like, I, I've a lot invested in TikTok and TikTok could get me, kick me off the platform at any time. And that's something I'm constantly conscious of. It's like I how you got to grow outside of that and grow your following. That's why I think something like stand-up is so key because stand-up is like, if you can have great stand-up, it's as valuable as like being a good musician or something. That is like people need to come see your special because it's so fucking good that they have to get it from you. And then that gives you like autonomy in your own career where you don't need to worry about losing everything um but yeah using the internet uh i don't take like i'll take a certain amount of time to learn stuff but then i'm i very much learn way better hands-on so i'm not the kind of person that is going to like i don't know sit around and wait till i know every little bit and know all the moves and everything i'm like get in there get your hands dirty and you'll make a lot of mistakes and then you'll figure it out on the way and you're going to be way better than the person who waited until they learned everything and then got in because they're going to still make a ton of mistakes but you're going to be way ahead of them and learn more faster so yeah whatever you want to create you want to start putting stuff on reddit you want to start streaming on twitch you want to do whatever the platform is you want to extend to if that's something you're interested in just start doing it because there's a, a lot to learn with all of these things that's wild i mean <clears throat> listening to you talk about it makes it seem like it's less of this beast that you have to conquer it just seems like it's like okay yeah it's you're you're gonna make mistakes it's there for you no judgment is the is the like last thing you have to yeah. think like it's i don't know if if you're worried about being judged we wouldn't be stand-ups in the first place it's like you're judged every joke <laughs> um and i understand you want support from your peers but at the same time it's like you're funny you're funny and you're doing well and that puts you like so far ahead of so many other people like when i get the opportunity to host things now like they're the options for a host they're like okay this guy can make this content he's gained a following off of it and say if it's me and another content creator who are going forward for this hosting gig it's like i'm gonna have the advantage because i'm doing stand-up on top of this so it's like all you you have so many skills already that if you put them into this online uh, media that when other opportunities come forward, you're going to be so much better than the other people who are like uh, maybe ahead of you because they've been doing online longer. And that's something that I think standups do really well is you have to be honest about who you are because you like a, an audience can pick apart if you're unauthentic. That is what I think makes good content now. Right. It's just like, this is me. These are my thoughts. I'm this person. And if you're funny along with that and you're engaging and you know how to tell a story, that's it. That's that's the secret sauce. I have right. friends who who make stuff and I look at the stuff they make and I'm like, you put zero skin in the game. You have no blood in this. There's nothing authentic about this. There's no, an audience learns nothing about you when they watch this. And I don't know how you expect them to stick around because they can get that from someone else. Right. Oh, but then there is, I guess, once you start that pressure to be like, because on Twitter, for example, if you're not putting out jokes, like you can't, I mean, social media is different. Like making funny content is like, once you enter it, it's like, you have to be very consistent with it, especially Twitter. Cause it's like, okay, well, if people aren't getting it from you, they're just going to go somewhere else. So it's like, Twitter is something that is great for stand-up comedians. All we do is just write jokes. So it's, I mean, the skills are easily transferable, but if you're not doing that all of the time, 
people will just go somewhere else. No, it is. That is uh, definitely one of the biggest downfalls. And like people who are, I am in a fortunate position where like TikTok, making TikTok super low effort. And like I talked about before, I made sure that it was low effort. So it doesn't take too much time out of my day to make the content for the platform. But there's a lot of YouTubers and stuff who talk about like, I can't take a day off. I have to constantly have a backlog. And if you're in something like news or something, it's you never get a breather because if you do, you fall lower in the algorithm. And like I predict in the future, there'll be something to fix this. Like there's too much leverage that the platform holder has. And it makes sense. They made the platform like Twitch is Twitch, YouTube is YouTube, and you're using their infrastructure to put your content out there. But at the same time, people aren't coming to the platform because it has good engineering, because it's a well-built platform. They're coming there because the content's good. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if within like the next five, 10 years, you had unionization between content creators, like the similar to how you have Actra and stuff like that. Cause like, do you know who Dr. Disrespect is? No, I don't. <laughs> that sounds He's like, he was like the biggest Twitch streamer, like the, in like the top five. And apparently, I don't know if this is true. He tried to start his own streaming service and Twitch kicked him off. No one knows really what happened, but he was gone one day and now he streams on YouTube, but it's like, Imagine if your boss, you could show up to work and your boss fired you. You didn't know. You just try to use your fob to get in. It doesn't let you in. And you're like, why am I fired? You're calling people and they're going, well, we don't know. And that's like the relationship you have with these, which is not how it should be. You don't know how the algorithm works. You don't know how your videos are getting views. Like there's so much that's hidden from you. And it's like my livelihood depends on this. Got so I think, there'll, I think there'll be a balancing in the future, but I don't know. There could not be. Mm, yeah, I guess that's also really intimidating. It sounds like it could be, you know, fleeting or whatever. Um, but obviously for someone who like works in entertainment, like we know that feeling. So <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, it's not news to us, I guess. Okay. So I just wanted to quickly talk about this with the time that we have left, because this is also so fascinating. Um, you helped me build a hinge profile recently. Yes. And thank you so much. That was such a wonderful experience. I was like sending you all these photos and it was like, felt like I was talking to a surgeon. Like there was something so technical and like intricate about your choices. Um, So do you apply that to your own hinge? Is there like a different thing? Like what, I guess just like walk me through it. So like you have to hinges six photos. So like for the people that are listening, I feel like a lot of my listeners are single women. Uh, Explain to me the, the, the process. Um, yeah, to the, the hinge thing is like, basically I, there's a few fundamentals I look for. It's like, do something that shows off your assets. Like it's like, do you have an nice ass? You got nice boobs. You got a cute face. (laughs) Like these things all need to be highlighted. And normally when, uh, like I've done this for a couple other people and when they show me their hinge profile, it's not necessarily like bad, but it makes me think of like when girls show each other pictures and they go, that's such a nice picture of you. They are nice pictures, but are they like, hot do when I'm looking at these pictures, am I going like, I want to meet up with this girl. So like your first picture has to be like, not like overly sexual, not like, uh, uh, like hoary. It just needs to be something <laughs> like when I look at the picture, do I go, am I attracted to you? That's what, that's your hook. That's your opening line. That's your first joke. That's like, boom, I want to 
come out strong. It's like, oh, it's anything. You're you're reading an article. Is the headline good? Like it's it's got to be. It's got to grab you. Yeah. This is so. This is what's so interesting about. uh, And this is why I trust you so much. Is because you have so much experience in this. You know what I mean? Like you. That's your current job. So it's like, of course, there's going to be overlap. This you're literally creating an advertisement for yourself. Like it couldn't be more parallel. Um, yeah. And then just like, like if highlight, like a body is you need, usually it's like face highlighted first and then something that shows off your physique. Cause I know from guys perspective, like I can't structure my own profile as good for myself because I don't know what women are looking for as well, but I know what guys are looking for. And if you hide your body, even if you're not like super confident for your body, if you're, uh, if you, if you're hiding it, dudes immediately go, Oh, she's hiding something. There's something wrong with her. Body. That's and so that she- funny that men just think women are fucking hiding things all the time. We're just these like <laughs> sneaky bitches just caught, like, Oh, we're going to trap you, you know? But it's cause dudes get catfished a lot. Like oh. I've been, I've been on a few dates and you come and you're like, oh, you don't look like your pictures. That happens all the time. So if you see a girl who's like not showing something, I feel like, oh, there's something, there's a reason why she's not showing that. So it's like, you got to show your body no matter what. And it shows confidence too. But then yeah, pictures after that highlight like, um, uh, like if you got good boobs, you got good butt. Do you guys butt, care if you have off. pictures with your friends? Do they care if you have pictures with your friends or no? Um, it depends if the picture's good. Like that's not a complete write-off. It depends if the picture's good or not. It, not a bunch of pictures with your friends, like one or two. If all your pictures, that's like, if definitely not your first picture, absolutely not your first picture. Okay. It, so like like girls like when guys have photos with their friends, because it shows us that you're not uh, psychotic or yeah. going to murder us. So just there's safety in that. But guys don't think that way. They're not thinking in terms of safety. They're just thinking in terms of getting catfish. Yeah, exactly. So that a guy's going to be like, she's hiding something. If it's all friends, <laughs> if it's a bunch of friends, like, who are you? Why won't you show me who you are? This is, that's what, yeah, that's what guys will start thinking. And I always play into like, I, for myself, I definitely started having more success on dates and more success meeting up through dating apps when I like understood what kind of attractive I was where it's like you like I'm kind of like a, 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 a I describe myself as like a puppy like I'm kind of dopey I'm kind of cute I'm like adorable you kind of want to hug me I can like I got a big stupid smile like that that is like the lane I play in so when I'm building a profile for um for someone I'm looking I'm like what kind of attractive do you play into and then I just pick pictures that play along with that Got you. That is so amazing. Like that is, I genuinely, as soon as it, cause you've helped several of my friends and they have all said amazing things. And then you helped me out and the guys got cuter. There was more of them. And I was like, Jesus Christ. Like I did not. And you picked photos that like, I was like, I don't look great in this photo. Like this is not, but I guess it looks like I'm hiding less, <laughs> I guess. Maybe I was too sneaky before. I don't know. Well, your like your profile before was like your first picture was cute. It was a cute picture and it was a nice picture. The lighting was nice and it was just like it was wholesome and it was good. I changed, I was like, your first picture needs to be hot. You okay. need to be hot. You had like a different smile, a different look in your eyes. It just it just changed. Um, and then it was just like highlighting stuff. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were drunk. Well, there you go. You looked uh, I guess looser, chiller, more better uh calmer vibe. 
I um, just, uh, half not all there. And that's definitely alluring to a lot of <laughs> men. Probably, probably. Um, but then it was just, yeah, just like playing with those things that I've yeah. described and just hitting all the points. And yeah, I just know dudes. And I'm just like, I'm just uh, a dude. And I don't shy away from like the reality of things where it's like, maybe it's not great that dudes are so visual and they're not looking for these outside things that to try and understand a person's personality before, before they go, go meet up with them. But that is the reality. The reality and also kind of the nature of the app. I mean, like there are, I mean, if you're on a dating app, you're, you are doing it visually. Like I'm not mm -hmm. necessarily on there and seeing a guy's profile and being like, well, I mean, yeah, like I will read into things because I think I'm just psychotic like that. But I think for the most part, if you're on a dating app, you're a visual person or you have to be visual. It is a visual thing. It's a visual thing. And so it's like, just, this is, that's what the platform is looking for. So it's like, just play into that um and yeah i just have a, a dumb dude brains too so it's like i just play with what goes off in my brain i'm like this will work this will work this will work yeah yeah but there's also so many elements to online dating that just don't i mean like it has become so it sounds so hacky like okay everybody has problems online dating people have problems dating in general mm -hmm. but it definitely has its barriers i think i'm somebody who is better at meeting people in real life rather than on dating apps, because I can never, I just like going based on somebody's personality and their like aura and whatever. And on dating apps, you don't get that. So it's like, I could be swiping though on somebody who has a great personality that fits me, but I'm like, okay, you don't have any pictures with your friends. So you might kill me. And they could be like a really nice person. Um, so there are obviously, you know, clear advantages and disadvantages. It's just that people aren't getting out anymore. Like I don't, I, especially if you're a stand up comedian, like, like us, we're, we're not out at night. If we're awake, it's past noon and we're writing. So it's like, it's yeah. really difficult to put yourself in situations and social situations. Yeah. It's, it's meeting people in person right now. is like next to impossible. Nothing's open. And like, yeah. even when I'm out, they're not places. It's like, I have like hard rules on places where I would like try to like flirt with a woman. It's like the gym is off limits. Like restaurants are off limits. Like it's any place people go to just like B, I'm like, that's no, it, like a bar is, a, I think, a more acceptable. Wait, like, so why is that people, off limits? Like, general, because a lot of people would say that the gym is perfect. So, why is the gym? I, for me, the gym is like kind of sacred. Like, you go to the gym to better yourself to work out to like be focused. It's like, it, I'm not gonna, someone's like in the zone working out, and I'm gonna be like, hey, can, can I try and get in here? Like, that's just not, I'm like, I just don't think that that's just, I just don't think that's a something you i'm not saying don't do it if you're like you said some people would say it's perfect i'm not saying it's a wrong thing to do it's just for me i'm like no or like hitting on your waitress or something i'm like she oh, has yeah. to be here like yeah. geez like let her let the girl be my god but <laughs> yeah. uh yeah yeah i think like bars clubs stuff like that where it's like you're out people are partying like people go home with each other after like i think that's a little bit more of a social environment where hitting on people is more normal but like a lot of that stuff's taken away so it's like where i'm gonna hit on someone at the park like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. are you okay? So, how do you feel about shows and stuff? Because doing stand up as a woman is very, I have never thought about doing shows as a way to get a boyfriend. Like, that's just unheard of. Like, guys are not, they don't go to comedy clubs. And if they are with like their group of friends, it's not like they're, they either all have girlfriends or like they leave immediately. Like, there's nothing that is like socially acceptable about that for me. But like, do you see it as that? Um, comedy has been like 
okay for meeting people. It hasn't been like insane, but it does happen. I've definitely been approached after show, shows and girls are like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, you're so funny, blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, but it's, it, yeah, it, it works decently well. I, it, I've, I don't count on it, um, but it, yeah, it happens from time to time. If you're like really funny, sometimes it works out well. Uh, but then it also is like very situational, but I do think, yeah, it's a lot of couples and stuff that come out and it's hard to find yeah. that single person. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. But I've also never thought about comedy as a way, like, I don't, if there's anybody that, I mean, first of all, like who we are or who I am, at least I'll just speak for myself on stage is just an extension. It's just an exaggerated small part of my personality. It's not all that I am. So like for somebody to see that, and be like, I really like you. It's like, yeah, but probably it's probably for the wrong reasons. Like, what do you, like mm-hmm. that's not my authentic self. You know what I mean? And we're also looking for two completely different things. You're like, you even said it's like, I don't think I'm gonna find a boyfriend there. Like, I I don't know, I'm not monogamous or interested in monogamy at all right now. Like, I maybe down the road, but uh, it's if someone approaches me after a show, it's like if it's for it's for fun. We're going to have a fun time, hopefully. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I don't, I think cat meeting someone for casual sex after a show would be way easier than meeting the one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. The one. Oh God. I'm just looking, <laughs> looking in the wrong places really is what <laughs> I'm doing. Um, I can just reach out to some people I went to camp with. Honestly, those are probably <laughs> the best, most likely. Yeah. Those are the best ones. Yeah. Yeah um okay jay well we've pretty much ran our time thank you so much for doing this podcast it was just so eye-opening and like inspirational i feel like i'm now <laughs> inspired and have energy to go and do something with tiktok so thank yeah, you do whatever you do whatever you want if you need advice on the platform let me know i can i can give you some pointers um but it, it's yeah it, all social platforms it's just you really have to just do it because there's so much that's being shoved into it constantly tiktok's a great one because it's so new it's still like social media platforms go through like several stages it's in the growth stage right now so they're taking they're, everyone who wants to create a content for them they're taking so I, I would say get into it got you um do you want to plug all of your social media now at the end yeah. Um, so on TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, I'm Chaterena on all those platforms. On Twitch and YouTube, it's Little Dinky News. That is our Twitch and YouTube. It's me and Cameron Phoenix, and we just play games and shoot the shit. That's basically the whole thing. Okay. Great. Wicked. Um, yeah. Dude, thank you so much for doing it. You're so pleasant to talk to, and you're just so funny and insightful and smart and just you're such a great guest so thank you for for being yourself thank you thank you for having me i appreciate it